0: Amen. Well, good morning, West Bowles Community Church. How's everyone doing today? Good. There's no bumper video today, so you just have to look at my face. I'm sorry. Um, my name is David Perez. I'm the youth director here at the church, and it is so good to be here with you this morning. Happy New Year. It's 2022. Um, I was looking a lot this week uh, at some memes, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but um, 2022, people have been saying is pronounced 2020. 2020- two so um, some people are saying that this is going to be 2020 part two and I think we're all praying that that's not true all right Um, well whether you're tuning in online or joining us in person it's so good to have you here on the first Sunday of the new year and I just want to pray and then I'm going to hop into the sermon dear Heavenly Father thank you so much for this day and this time thank you for the opportunity uh, Lord God for us to be together in the new year Lord, I pray that you just speak through me this morning, uh, that it may not be my words, but yours, Lord God. Um, I pray that you open hearts and ears to the message. In your name we pray, amen. Well, how many of you guys have ever used the app Snapchat? Show of hands, Snapchat? Okay, all right, not that many of you. Okay, let me explain Snapchat, okay? It is a, uh, it's a messaging app, okay? Instead of texting someone, well, you can text on it, but instead of texting someone, what you do is you communicate with someone by sending pictures, all right? So you take a picture of yourself, you type some text, and you send it off to your friends. And uh, one of the the things I like the most about Snapchat is the filters that are on there, okay? There's all kinds of funny filters you can throw on Snapchat. So you can take a picture of yourself uh, looking like a dog. So you you take the selfie and all of a sudden you've got dog ears and a tongue and hanging out, okay? Um, Another one of the, the filters is a flower girl, all right? So you can take a picture of yourself and you've got like a ring of flowers hanging on your head, okay? Uh, another one of the filters is, and this used to be one of my favorites, was the bee filter. okay? You, you take a video of yourself or a picture and you've got these giant eyes. And if you talked, you had this really high-pitched voice and you sounded like a bee. Now, those are all some great filters. Um, but my absolute favorite filter, all time, okay, was the face swap filter. Now, it wasn't like you know, you took a picture with someone and didn't like take my head and put it on someone else's head, okay? What the filter did is it took features from one face and features of another face and swapped them, okay? Kind of messed them, right? So some of the face swaps, you're like, oh, wow, that actually looks kind of good. And then there's other face swaps that you're like, oh my gosh, that's an abomination, okay? <laughs> that's, that, that picture shouldn't have been taken. Now, in just a second there's going to be a face swap on the screen of myself and Grace. Now this picture was taken probably like three weeks before we started dating, okay? And it was actually at Nathan and Kara's house. Um, Yeah, yeah, we were over there for for some kind of leader dinner, I think. And so uh, if there's anything that looks beautiful about the picture, it's Grace, okay? Uh, Anything that you look at that picture and you go, oh my gosh, that's disturbing. (laughs) That's this mean mug right here. So you can go to take a look at the face swap picture Uh, It's disturbing Um, I asked her before we put this up so don't worry she knew about it Yeah. Uh, now the reason I bring up this idea of filters and maybe I shouldn't have shown this picture because all you're going to remember today is that Um, but the reason I bring up this idea of filters is because a filter changes the way we see something and in fact a filter shapes the way we see everything and whether you and I realize it or not we have various filters that we see life through. And those filters affect the way we see what's going on in the world and what's happening around us. And so if you have a political filter, which is super easy to have over these last two years, everything that happens in this world, you will see through the political filter. You'll see everything is political. If the filter or one of the filters you have is money, you will see everything in life or maybe just the important things in life in terms of how much money is it making me or how much money is it costing me okay if you have the filter um i don't know of of a lakers fan okay if you have the filter of a lakers fan then as you watch every other basketball team play you get to look at them and go nice try you're really just playing for second place because the lakers are the best franchise to ever play all right anyone else in here agree no, silent, okay, all right. I'm a Lakers fan in case you guys didn't know. I just had to throw that one in there, okay? But the ultimate filter that we should look through, the ultimate filter that should color our lives, that, that everything should be seen through, is the filter of our faith. Now, just like you and I have filters, just like you and I see things through a filter, so does our church, there is something that our church filters everything through, and it's our mission statement. And if you're here every week, or here consistently, you hear that mission statement almost every week in the announcements, right? Our mission is to, can you guys say it? Connect with Jesus, connect with people, and connect people with Jesus, and everything we do revolves around that mission. You see, that is the filter through which, as a church, we look at everything. And so we go, okay, we're going to do something. Does it match up with that mission? If it does, great, we do it. If it doesn't, we go, well, then, then why are we doing this? And so everything is filtered through that. And that's not just a, a mission statement that Pastor Nathan just came up with, you know, out of the blue. It's not like he was dreaming one night and woke up and was like, oh, my gosh, that's it. No, you see, that's, it's biblically based. There is a biblical foundation to our mission. In other words, there is a filter for our filter. Okay? Scripture is what guides that mission. And there's not just any one single verse that we can point to and go, okay, right from that verse, that's where that mission came from. No, it's, it's actually all throughout Scripture. And there are many supporting verses for our mission, for why we do what we do, for the fact that we're all about connecting with Jesus, connecting with people and connecting people with Jesus. But this morning, what I want to do is I want to highlight and look at one verse. One verse uh, that is a part of why we chose that mission. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. It'll be right up here on the screen. We're going to pick it up in verse 28. It says this. One of the scribes approached. When he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which command is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. Now, I want to look at that, that last line, right? It says, there's no command greater than these. In other words, if you want to boil down the Christian faith to A quick little two sentences, it's right here. This is what it's all about. It's all about loving God and loving others. There's a reason that stayed up there above us. It's the most important thing we can do. It's why we say connect with Jesus, because loving Him. It's why we say connect with people and connect people with Jesus, because that's loving your neighbor. But what does that look like? What does it look like to love your neighbor and, I bet, or, and to love God? If I were to ask every single one of you and, and ask everybody this morning, say, well, what does it mean to love? What does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love your neighbor? I bet you would come up with a bunch of different answers, a bunch of awesome answers. But this morning I want to, I want to, to really sum it up into one word. And actually that's going to be the filter through which we talk this morning. And, and the one word that I think really sums this up or or the one piece of this that sums it up well, is devotion. You see, if you look up devotion in the dictionary, it means to love. Devotion means to be dedicated to, to be faithful to. It is is a deep love that says, I'm with you no matter what. And so what we're going to do this morning to start off 2022 is we're going to take some time to reflect. As a church, we're going to reflect and go, okay, What did our devotion look like this past year as a body? But I'm also going to invite you individually to reflect as well. So we're going to reflect as a church together. And then there's going to be some questions as well up on the screen as as we go through the sermon this morning uh, that I would challenge you to write down, to take a picture of. And I would ask you and challenge you to reflect on some of those questions this week as we talk about devotions to look at it and really take a look inward. And so the first filter of devotion I want us to look to this morning is the filter of our devotion to him. The filter of our devotion to him. How did we grow in our love for God this year? How did we connect with Jesus? Corporately. Well, you're doing it right now, aren't you? See, each Sunday we gather right here, in this place, at this time, and we grow in our devotion to the Lord through the teaching of His Word. Now, this past year, we we went through 10 different sermon series, and uh, oddly enough, if we were to kind of sit back and take a big picture view of the direction of what we talked about this year, it would actually be devotion. The focus of our year this year, as we went through all these different sermon series, was Growing in our devotion to the Lord. Growing in our love to him. Growing in our relationship with him. Deepening our faith. I know sometimes when you're in it week in and week out, it's hard to see that big picture. But that's what we went through. Now the beautiful thing is that that connection with him, that growth in our devotion with him corporately, doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings in the sanctuary. It happens Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., Sunday school. It happens during the service downstairs in junior church. I love the fact that our kids at a young age get to learn about God and build a strong foundation in their faith through biblical teaching that they then get to discuss with you guys, with their parents. This growth happens Sunday nights at youth group, at our junior high youth ministry, at our high school youth ministry. As a body, we we grow together in our devotion to the Lord throughout the week through the various groups that meet and get to study His Word, study His Scripture. And so that's how we've grown together this year in our devotion to the Lord. And so this leads us to the first question, and and this is the question I want to ask you is this. How did my devotion to God grow this last year? As I reflect, as I think back, What experiences shaped my faith? What things that happened this last year did God stretch me in? Where did he grow me? Where did he challenge me? How did my faith deepen? How did my love for him deepen? So this week, I challenge you, start there. Now there's a reason that we start with this. First devotion. There's a reason that our mission starts with connect with Jesus. There's a reason that the first command is love the Lord your God. And that is because it is out of the relationship with Him, it is out of our devotion for Him, it is out of that love that He has for us, it is out of knowing Him that we can then love our neighbors. You see, if if we tried to love our neighbors first and then God, what would be like Filling a cup of water and letting it fill and empty and empty and empty, and then eventually, what would you have? You'd have nothing, right? You'd be empty if you just kept pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And so, this relationship with God, it is out of knowing Him and our devotion to Him that we are filled up, that we are taught how to love, that we can experience true love and relationship. And it is only then, when we know Him, that we can then love others only out of knowing him first that anything else follows once you connect with jesus then you can connect with people once you love god then you can love others and so that's the second filter i want us to look at is the devotion our the filter of our devotion to other people now if we look back at scripture jesus was deeply and is deeply relational I mean, just think back to all the passages where we we find Jesus sitting with someone and talking with them. Think back to all the passages where we see Jesus sitting down and eating dinner with people. You know, I think of Zacchaeus. Jesus looked at him, he saw him, he called him by name, he went to him, he sat down with him, he ate with him, he talked with him. I think back to the very first miracle that Jesus ever did. Where was it at? wedding. Weddings are giant social gatherings where we get to celebrate something that God is doing in a union, but we also get to be in relationship. You see, God is deeply relational. He wants to connect with us. He wants to know us. And that's actually the first part of loving your neighbor because you cannot love your neighbor if you don't know your neighbor. If you don't know them, you cannot love them well. And so, as a church, how did we connect with people? Or how do we connect with people? How do we get to know people? Well, you can see it right here on the screen. I love the fact that we've got a coffee bar that gets used. That we've got a place for people to sit before service and talk and catch up. And see how life's going. You know, I love that it's not just about a a sermon and a message. But that a few of you, and actually many of you, will stay out after church and hang out in the foyer. Or hang out here in the sanctuary and talk. Now, there's a few of you, and and you'll know who you are, okay? Um, But there are a few of you who have experienced the lights being shut off on you. (laughs) And the doors being locked. Um... That's me, okay? I'm sorry. It's nothing against you. I, I'm just hungry, okay? I just want lunch, all right, okay? Uh, so here's the deal. If you bring me a sandwich, uh, you can stay as long as you want, all right? I'll leave the lights on for you, all right? No, uh, totally kidding. I, I really do appreciate and enjoy the fact that you guys want to have community, that, that we are invested in each other's lives, that we take the time to know what's going on and chat and talk, and visit. I was actually talking to a youth pastor buddy of mine uh, a little while ago, and he said, you know, I asked my students, um, because he had students that went to different churches and different youth groups, and he said, what what are the different churches known for? And uh, when when he asked some students that came here and were here on Sunday mornings, but also went to youth group, the first word they said was community. It's in our name we are really, really good at connecting with each other, at getting to know each other. You know, we also had a harvest festival and that was a great, not just West Bowls event, but a community event, truly. There were over 600 people who came by and were part of the trunk or treat or who went in and played games. Um, And it's actually so wonderful to see, you get to see people out in the community go, oh, hey, I saw you at the, I saw you there. I saw you at, at the trunk or treat. I saw you at the harvest festival and you get to kind of have a conversation with them. Uh, We had a picnic this past year. Over 500 of you came and we enjoyed some Chipotle and uh, we got to see some awesome car shows and it was just a great time of connection, of fellowship, of talking, of just getting to be together as a church family from infant to best years yet. You can see on there we also had a chili party and a Christmas party. But West Bowles, like I said, we do a really good job of connecting with each other, of getting to know each other. There's a lot we do here in this community. And so that leads me to this next question. You'll see it up here on the screen. It's actually two. So how did I grow in my relationships with my neighbors? Not just here, but maybe even your actual neighbors. Maybe friends, acquaintances, coworkers. Okay, those are your neighbors. It's not just here. It's not just your physical neighbor. Your neighbor is actually anyone and everyone whom you have a relationship with. So how did I grow in my relationship with my neighbors? <clears throat> and the second one is this, and this is more of a, of a guiding to help us kind of maybe expand a little bit. Uh, did I spend more time focusing on finishing tasks or did I spend my time being in relationship with others? In other words, was the, was the to-do list more important or was my time with other people more important? What did I value more this year in terms of getting to know my neighbor? Now, this leads us to, to the third and final filter of devotion. Right, once we know our neighbor, it's the first step of loving them. The next step is loving our neighbor. The next step is connecting them with Jesus. Now, when I say that, oftentimes when we, when we hear connect people with Jesus, when we hear love my neighbor, we, we tend to go to the spiritual, and we should. Rightfully so. That's important. Right, people's spiritual growth, people getting to know Jesus is of the utmost importance. However, if we neglect people's physical needs, if we ignore the tangible and the needs they have here and now, it's very difficult for them to see and hear anything spiritual. You know, if I've got food in my hand and I walk up to someone and they're starving and I ignore the fact that they're starving and I just, I hit them with the gospel, but they're hungry you think they're going to hear anything I say about a loving, providing God? No. And so before we can get into the spiritual part of connecting people with Jesus, before we can get into the spiritual part of loving my neighbor, well, we have to talk about the practical, about the hands-on, about the physical part. And so West Bowles, how did we take care of people's physical needs this year? What did we do to help the community? As many of you know, uh, we have a Donate Item of the Month. And right here on the screen, there's all 12. I know this might be a little hard to read, but here's all 12 months of our Donate Item of the Month. And for those of you that don't know, each month we collect one item, we partner with an organization or, or someone in the community, and then we give these items to them. We've got everything in there from baby bottles for Alternative Pregnancy Center to uh, clothes for the homeless, to canned food, to gift cards to the teachers at Columbine. But every single one of those donate items has an impact. Whether we realize it or not, it helps someone in the community. It meets a physical need. And it opens the door for us to be able to talk with them about Jesus. Now, not only as a church did we do this, did we collect all these items, did we help so many people in the community, but we also have a benevolence fund. That's the dollar that as you walk out of the door... That you stick in that box. That goes to our benevolence. And through that benevolence. This is so awesome. This excites me that we did this. We helped 19 families right here in the church. With over $14,000. From that fund. To pay for rent. Food. Gas. Groceries. Water bills. As a church. We helped take care of people's physical needs basic survival needs that someone would not have been able to continue going if we didn't step in and help and that fund it doesn't stop there through that fund we also helped the the community up in boulder this last year with the shootings as a church we were able to donate some money and help the victims up there now, one other thing that the Benevolence Fund does that not many of you get to see, the staff members get to see this a lot, but pretty consistently throughout the week, we have people who come to the church office and who are just at rock bottom, who have just hit some tough spots, and who need help with groceries, who need help with gas. And it's through that fund, through what we do as a community, that we get to offer the help to those people. That we get to say, yeah, you know, we can help you with groceries. Yeah, we can, we can help you get some gas. And so, as a church, I think we can be very proud of the way that we took care of our neighbors' physical needs. And so my question to you individually, for you to reflect I want to be this. How was I very tangibly the hands and feet of Jesus? As I think about my neighbor, as I think about the people in my life, the people who I've encountered on a daily basis, how have I been the hands and feet of Jesus? How have I helped take care of some of these physical needs? Now, like I said, the physical needs are important, but the utmost importance Is a spiritual. Is connecting, very literally connecting people to Jesus. Sharing with them who he is. Bringing them to his love. And so the the next thing I want us to look at is well, how were we with connecting people to Jesus? How did we as a community help take care of the spiritual needs of those around us? Well, you'll see it right here on the screen we had our first baptisms and child dedications since covid in fact i remember and matthew you remember this we were getting ready to get the baptistry set up the week that we were uh looking at getting locked down we're sitting there waiting and we ended up getting locked down and you know we didn't set up the baptistry and so it, a year and a half later we had our first baptisms and baptisms guys oh my gosh i could you know what uh, I hope you brought lunch because we're going to be here for the next hour and a half because we're going to talk about baptisms for that long, okay? Um, totally kidding. I love, love, love this sacrament, though, and the new life that it brings and what it's representative. And so we baptized five people this year. We had eight child dedications. That's eight families who said, look, I want to raise my kids in the ways of the Lord, and I want this community to walk alongside me in that. I want this community to come alongside and help us in that. We, uh, you know, we have the youth fund in honor of Ryan Keller. And this maybe seems like maybe more of a, of a physical need, but no, it's, it's very spiritual. Through your donations, we had 25 different kids who would not have been able to go on a youth trip without your help. Without this fund, those 25 kids would not have been able to come. And let me tell you this, you can ask these kids who've been on these trips, yes, it's fun. Yes, we do a lot of exciting things. But it's also the place where their lives are changed, where they grow in the relationship, where their faith is deepened. These are hugely impactful and life-changing trips spiritually. And as a church, we help 25 kids experience Jesus in a way that they maybe never would have or never could have outside of that. This year, we started a new college group. And I want to highlight this, one, because it's a new ministry, but two, because of its importance. You know, they say that most people are going to come to their faith uh, by the age of 18. I don't know the exact number, but they say most people will get to know Jesus by the age of 18. And then they say, if people are going to lose their faith, most people will lose their faith right there in their college age years and so this is a time in their life where our young people need a community they need people around them to guide them to invest in them to grow them and I think it's so wonderful that we've got a a spot for that now we have a place for them we have a space where they can go and further deepen their faith and where they can uh talk through the challenges and, and the experiences and the difficulties of their faith and what's going on in life around them you can go to the next slide. VBS. VBS, we had hundreds of kids come and hear about Jesus who get to experience him. Many of them from the church, but a lot of them from the community. There was a lot of people who were looking for somewhere to bring their kids to be able to learn about God for a week. And, and the wonderful thing is that's not just a, uh, you know, yes, we gave some money to that. No, this, is, this needed huge involvement from, from us here as a body, as a church And we stepped up, and so many families got to know Jesus through this. And then last, but certainly not least, our missions here at the church. And there's a lot of missions. Not all of them are up here on the screen, Um, but I wanted to just highlight a few of the ways that we here as a church, as a body, are doing some missions work. And so we sponsor three different missionaries across the world. Uh, We have our, our Juarez mission. We've partnered with Missions Ministries, and some of you went down there and built a home down in Mexico this last year. Some of you helped by donating the funds to be able to build that home. We just wrapped up our Christmas boxes for the kids in Juarez, and there were so many kids who would not be getting a Christmas present otherwise. And so we've got hundreds of boxes that went out this past year. And then the last one I really want to highlight is Dry Bones. Now this is another awesome church-wide mission in that there are various groups throughout the church who help out with this. We've got groups that'll take turns cooking the food and then we've got groups who will take turns going down there once a month on a thursday to feed anywhere from 35 to 75 homeless people now i've been helping out with dry bones off and on for about 10 years now and let me say this that those people when they see us arrive to help them my gosh they are so grateful so thankful you see, as a church, we get to provide the food and then dry bones comes alongside them spiritually. And this is, this is some life-changing work that is happening with a population that is otherwise left out, unseen, and who's really suffering. So as a church, this is what we did. And now I want to ask you individually, how was I a part of caring for someone's spiritual needs? How was I personally how did I come alongside someone? How did I help deepen someone's devotion to the Lord? How was I maybe a listening ear? How did I give words of wisdom? How did I point someone to him? Now, none of this, and I mean none of this, we, we cannot connect with Jesus. We cannot connect with people. We cannot connect people with Jesus. None of this is possible without His sacrifice for us. Without Christ's death and resurrection, the distance between God and us is vast. Without His sacrifice on the cross for us, we would not be able to fully love our neighbor. You see, above all else, it is through his devotion to us, through his immense love for us, that we're able to do any of this. And here's the good news, is that even when we fall short, even when, when our devotion to him wanes, when it falters, maybe when we even look back and reflect on this year and go, you know what, man, I, oh, I was not very devoted to him in this time in this way his love his devotion his faithfulness to us is unwavering unfaltering unchanging despite what happened in 2021 despite of any shortcomings failings downfalls god still loves you jesus loves you more than anything and there is nothing on this earth that can change that and so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go ahead and invite kelly on up to the stage and what i want us to do is i want us to, to end this time of reflection by reflecting on his devotion to us by taking some time and reflecting on his death and his resurrection on on the love that he poured out for us on the cross on the unchanging, unfailing, life-changing love he's got for us. And so we're going to do that by taking communion. This morning, as you walked in, you should have gotten one of those little cups with the wafer on top. And so what we're going to do is Kelly's going to play for just a minute or two. And, uh, and during that time, I want you to just to reflect. Reflect upon God's love for you. Reflect upon all the ways that God was faithful this year on the things he did for you and above all else on his sacrifice for you and so we'll sit here, we'll reflect and then I'll come back up and uh, and we'll take the elements together thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. same way he also took the cup after supper and said this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you let's go ahead and take the juice West Bulls you take nothing else from this morning my prayer is that as you reflect as you look back at this year that you would be able to point back and see God's devotion to you that you'd be able to point back and see his faithfulness and love for you and all the good things and all the bad things and all the difficult things And that you would be reminded that he loves you more than anything. That was what a sacrifice on the cross was for. It's because he loves you and he wants to know you and be known by you. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord, um, just for all that you've done this past year. Lord, thank you um, for just what you've done through this church, through this community, through this body, Lord. Thank you for the ways that we've grown in our devotion to you, Lord. Thank you for the ways that we've gotten to know our neighbor and connected with them, Lord. Thank you for the ways that we've been able to connect people with you, Jesus, the ways that we've been able to grow people in their spiritual life, Lord, but also provide for their physical needs. Lord, I pray that as we uh, turn the page on a new year, as, as we get ready to look ahead next week, as we um, start off 2022, Lord, I pray that we just take the time to reflect. I pray that we take the time to look back and see your goodness, that we see your devotion to us, the, the crazy love that you have for us, the fact that your love never changes, that you'll never leave us, that you'll never forsake us, that you're right there for us, Lord God, and that you proved it all on the cross. Lord, I pray that we remember that sacrifice. I pray that that be the filter that we see everything in life through. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.